Hey, it's Damian Barling reminding you to check out the Sacramento Kings podcast right here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network for all of your Sacramento Kings news and notes. You can follow me on Twitter at Damian Barling, and you can follow us at Hoop Ball Kings. Don't miss a single episode of the Sacramento Kings podcast right here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. The following is a Hoop Ball presentation. What is going on? It's the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. Brandon Marcus here. Glad to have you on this Saturday early afternoon in Los Angeles as the Clippers wake up and beat the Portland Trailblazers in an upset 122 to 117. Going to recap that game in today's podcast and then we have a quick turnaround because tomorrow night The Clippers play at 6 o'clock against Brooklyn. And then following that game, we'll have Joey Lynn on this podcast. So today's episode will break down the game from this morning. And then tomorrow's podcast will break down the Brooklyn Nets game and also talk a little bit about what Joey does because he's got a fascinating Twitter presence in which he gives out some really good stats. And also, he seems to poke some fun at the Lakers from time to time and get some people in his mentions. So we'll talk about that with Joey tomorrow. But let's talk about this Clippers win, 122-117. to If you're following me on Twitter, and if you're not, I don't know why not, at BD Marcus, this morning, we got word that Kawhi Leonard was going to be out for this game. We had not heard until this morning what his status was, and so everyone was anticipating that because we hadn't heard, Kawhi would play today against Portland and then not play tomorrow against Brooklyn, which would make sense because Portland's a tougher team and Brooklyn is the team that is not as tough considering that they don't have Kyrie and they do not have Kevin Durant, do not have Spencer Dinwiddie. So this is a team that is depleted. So you thought, okay, you could not have Kawhi tomorrow and be just fine and still get the win. But instead, They do something that's pretty logical, and they sit Kawhi in this game for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, the main reason is because of load management and the day's rest. Kawhi, with a couple of days rest, now going into the game tomorrow, and then a couple of days rest, two days before that game on Wednesday. So they did it well in terms of how many days they're giving him off to rest, obviously, that knee. And now Conspiracy Brandon thought this morning, okay, well, how about this? Portland is in that nine spot, and if the number nine seed is within four games of the eight seed, then there is a play-in game between the eight and the nine seed. So I thought, okay, well, Portland has looked very good in certain games during the bubble. Nurkic is back. He's excellent. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, they could cause some problems maybe for Portland or rather for the Lakers, and because of that, maybe Portland's the team that you want to get the eight seed. Throw Lillard against LeBron and Gary Trent Jr., who's been fantastic, and we saw that again today as he went ballistic from three. Maybe, just maybe, the conspiracy part of me thought this morning, okay, well, perhaps you're tanking this game to give Portland that win a better shot at that 8-9 game because now, with that loss, Portland is being hounded from behind by San Antonio, by New Orleans, and by Phoenix. All three within one and a half games. 
And don't forget that tomorrow is basically a win or go home for New Orleans and San Antonio as they face off against each other. And the winner has a much better shot to get that nine seed. Instead, we saw Kawhi sit. We saw PG go out with about five minutes to go. We saw Lou Williams sit for the majority of the first quarter. No Montrez Harrell as he's still out of the bubble. No Kawhi Leonard, like I mentioned. Also, no Pat Beverly in this game. So you thought, okay, all those guys not playing. Kawhi sitting. PG sitting when Portland has a lead. They'll be fine. Portland will end up getting the win. The Clippers probably will not end up getting this victory. If you looked at the live line throughout this game, it really did favor Portland by about six and a half, seven points at different stretches. So what happens? Well, the Clippers end up giving the ball to Rodney Magruder, and he hits a three-pointer that basically wins the game, and Damian Lillard misses a three, and Pat Beverly goes crazy and basically mocks Damian Lillard after he misses the three, and Dame had some words for Pat afterwards, saying that he's already sent Pat home, he's already sent PG home, so basically he takes it as a sign of respect, a very mature response. But those guys are going to talk trash, that's exactly what they did, as Lillard missed the three, and Lillard has not done all that well against the Clippers, averaging about 20 points per game against them this season, and this is a guy in Damian Lillard that's one of the best point guards in the NBA. So it says a lot about the Clippers that they've done a really good job on LeBron and on Damian Lillard, two of the top offensive players in this league. So let's talk about the game. But before we get to the actual game itself, you folks know about my love for Manscaped, right? The best in men's below the belt grooming. They obsess over their technology developments, provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. I've talked Time and time again on this podcast about the Lawn Mower 3.0. I got it. It is tremendous. You know, you will hurt yourself from time to time when you try and trim down there or maybe even trim up there when you're trying to shave and you get that blood and all of a sudden you got to grab a little, I don't know, tissue and put it on your face, a band-aid. You look silly, that little circular band-aid. Well, how about you go with Manscaped? They have redesigned the electric trimmer They spent 18 months perfecting the greatest hair trimmer ever created. They just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade, reduces manscaping accents. I mean, this is really a really good product. And I want you to have it. And I want you to save some money with it. You can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. When you check out, you put in that code HOOPBALL20. It's water-resistant, so you can groom in the shower. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. You don't have to worry about continually having to charge it because the battery lasts for a while, and then after 90 minutes, then you can go ahead and charge. That charging stand, by the way, is brilliant. It's a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So if you're listening to me right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code HOOPBALL20. Okay, let's talk about the game now. This was a first half that had no defense whatsoever. The Clippers and Blazers were trading jabs left and right. Gary Trent Jr. could not miss. Paul George was aggressive. I want to go bullet point by bullet point on this one because there were a lot of things that stood out for me in this game. That first half, obviously, defense was optional. 
It really was defense optional. If you look at how that first half went down, nobody was missing. Both teams were shooting over 50% from three. I believe both teams were shooting over 60% for the game. And then in the second half, the Clippers locked down defensively and did a really nice job getting stops when they needed to get stops. And it says a lot about this team that we know about their offense, obviously, with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and we know they're good defensively as well. But I believe coming into this game, the Clippers were the only team that was top five in offensive and defensive efficiency. That stat courtesy of Justin Russo at Fly by Night, K-N-I-T-E. And that's incredible. That says this team is very good offensively, very good defensively, and is well-rounded and ready to dominate when the playoffs start. So, good defense in the second half. That impressed me, especially the stops on Damian Lillard. The Clippers adjusted. If you listen to Damian Lillard on the podcast with J.J. Redick, he talked about how when a big comes out on a pick and roll and drops down, once he sees the big drop, he's going to go bombs away from three. So both he and C.J. McCollum are doing that. Finally, the Clippers adjusted with Zoo standing up a little bit longer, and that allowed the guard to get back around and get in front of the shooter. So that helped as well. And also you saw the Clippers send two men at Lillard whenever he crossed half court. So I thought Doc did a really good job adjusting as the game went on. Now, we know Paul George is excellent. We've talked about this on the podcast, that he's become a very good three-point shooter and perhaps one of the best three-point shooters right now in the bubble. Eight of 16 today from the field, three of six from three. In a normal game, I would be a little upset with those three-point attempts. I want him to take a lot of those. He is a very good three-point shooter. You get 10 or more, more likely than not, he's going to hit four or five of those threes, and that equals 12 or 15 points. That's a lot of points you can get just from the three ball. The Clippers as a team, remember, have been relying on the three in the bubble. Today, 15 of 34 for 44%. This is a good three-point shooting team. So overall, good from PG. He played 28 minutes today. That's not a lot. He hit a minutes limit. Doc Doc Rivers said after the game, he had a minutes limit on certain guys. Lou Williams only played 17. PG hit that 28. He took him out. If he played more minutes, he would obviously had more three-point attempts. That's something to monitor as we go through the playoffs. The guy that really stood out to me today, actually, there were three of them. And it's really not just one player today that caught my eye. First of all, Landry Shamit, 19 points. This is a guy that I've been hot and cold on throughout his tenure with the Clippers. Remember, he was pivotal in that comeback against the Warriors last year. A tremendous three-point shooter. J.J. Redick has said that he thought Landry Shamit was a better shooter than J.J. J.J. told that to Doc Rivers when that trade was made, and Landry came from Philadelphia in the Tobias Harris trade. So today, Landry played 33 minutes. 6 of 12 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3, 4 of 6 from the free throw line. Now, why do I bring up the free throw line? 4 of 6, it shows that Landry is being aggressive. He's not just hanging down the perimeter, taking threes. He is going to the hoop, 6 free throw attempts, shows how aggressive he was in this game. And that is something that caught my eye and impresses me a lot. And it shows that Landry Shamit is getting more and more comfortable. Remember, this is a guy in Landry that had COVID-19, And it's affected him. He was slow out of the gates in the bubble, but slowly but surely he's getting acclimated and he is going to be a key piece. I talked about this on the podcast with Andrew Greif last time around on last Sunday, I believe, where I talked to him about Landry. And this is a guy that the Clippers are going to need 
to play well in certain games in the playoffs. He's going to get open threes. The Clippers have a lot on offense with George, Marcus Morris, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, Kawhi Leonard. Someone's going to be open, and Landry is going to get a lot of open looks. And so if he can capitalize, then this Clippers team is even more dangerous than they already are. So I was very impressed with what Shamit did, his highest scoring game since February. So very impressive for Sham. Now, the other player that stood out to me, Zoo, nine points, 12 rebounds. That is now three straight games of double-digit rebounds for Zubats, and he played 24 minutes. That seems to be the sweet spot for Zoo. We'll see how many minutes he plays when Trez is back, because we talked about all through the season that Trez really ate into Zoo's minutes, and there were times when Zoo would sit as Trez played 18 straight minutes. I do not anticipate that happening when the playoffs occur because Zoo has gotten more comfortable. Two of five from the field, that's not going to happen often. More often than not, he makes about 60% of his shots. So he's going to be in good shape. Five of six from the free throw line. So 12 rebounds, right? Six of them offensive. This is a guy that's going to be very important for the Clippers when they need rebounds. One of the better defensive centers in the league. And he can get offensive rebounds as well, which will give you second chance points. And for Zoo, someone that stood out to me a lot in this game. The third player that stood out for me, Jamichael Green, 13 points in 20 minutes. He had 13 points and eight rebounds. And Brian Seaman and Chauncey Phillips talked about this in the broadcast. If Jamichael Green was given starters minutes, he would be pretty much a walking double-double. To see what he did, he was a plus 13 in a game the Clippers won by five. It says a lot about him and what he did during this ball game. Just three of seven from the field, but all three of those makes were from three. He missed his last wide open three, but he was taking advantage of opportunities when he had them. Four of four from the free throw line as well. Jermichael Green is a guy that looked impressive and someone that is going to be another one that the Clippers can use in a small ball lineup where he can be that five if perhaps Zoo and Trez are sitting, or he can be that stretch four. There was a lot of talk throughout the regular season that the Clippers don't have that stretch four. They don't have that guy. Well, Patrick Patterson and Jermichael Green, Jermichael Green more so, is a guy that very well could slide into that role. Marcus Morris was acquired, obviously, and he's going to be someone that is going to start at the four, for the Los Angeles Clippers, but Marcus Morris, who played very well today, by the way, 15 points in 31 minutes, 6 of 13, 2 of 3 from deep, also had 8 rebounds. This is another one in Marcus Morris that continues to get more and more comfortable with the Clippers, so I could have added him in there as well. But with your Michael Green, you have a guy that's been tested now in the playoffs with the Clippers and is someone that I feel confident getting the ball when it matters for the Clippers late in games. And with Doc Rivers, he's got a lot of guys he can go to in these playoffs. Got Kawhi, PG, Marcus Morris, Pat Beverly. You have Reggie Jackson. You have Landry Shamit. You have Lou Williams. You'll have Montrez Harrell, Jamichael Green. A lot of guys the Clippers can go to, and we'll see exactly what they choose to go to when it matters. But... A lot of different options at the four, 
with Marcus Morris, Jermichael Green, Patrick Patterson. You have PG. You have Kawhi. You have Lou Williams. You have Trez. You have Zoo. A lot that Doc Rivers can do, and that will be probably the most important part of the playoffs is how he manages rotations. For the Clippers, I mentioned the first half in which Gary Trent Jr. was just absolutely on fire, and this is someone that has been very important to Portland during this bubble time. Gary Trent Jr. played 34 minutes off the bench. He had 22 points, 6 of 10 from 3. He's averaging over 5 threes per game in the bubble. So he had 22 points, but that's the same amount that that Damian Lillard had. 22 on 10 of 23 shooting, just 43.5%. But more importantly, Dame was just 2 for 10 from deep. So the Clippers perimeter defense was not good on Gary Trent Jr., but it was good on Damian Lillard. There were some defensive struggles in this ball game. Talked about in the first half, but it seemed like Patrick Patterson and Reggie Jackson from time to time would struggle a bit defensively, and the Clippers weren't as strong on the perimeter with their defense. There were times when Shamit did a really good job on Damian Lillard, but I think defensively they have some room to grow here, no doubt about that. Now, going back for a second, I mentioned Paul George, and he had 21 points, but what really caught my eye about PG, and I mentioned the three-point attempts, he was three for six, PG was really aggressive going to the hoop today, and For a guy that sat the final five minutes, he didn't seem complacent to shoot the three ball. And as much as I want him to shoot the three, I also want him to be aggressive and go to the hoop and get to the free throw line because that's something that Paul George does very well. And he was getting good shots within the painted area and going to the hoop. If he can continue to do that, that coupled with Kawhi Leonard's jump shooting and his ability to get to the hoop, make the Clippers a very, very dangerous team. Now, before we look ahead to tomorrow's game, there is one more thing I want to talk about. But before we talk about that final point, I got to tell you about my bookie. Sports are back. I've been waiting for this day. I know you have as well. COVID-19 has been a real downer for sure. No doubt about that, especially as we had sports that were gone for a while. But finally, sports came back with the Premier League, with, of course, the Bundesliga. But now we're getting sports here in the United States. The basketball is back in the bubble. You have hockey in the bubble. You have baseball that continues to go forward despite a couple of teams that are struggling with the coronavirus. The Cardinals apparently going to be off for a couple more days. But still, you've got baseball. You've got basketball. You've got hockey. You have a lot at your fingertips. So why not check out my bookie? With my bookie, it's easy. You bet. You win, and they pay. They have up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams. Also have future bets. My bookie's World Series future bets can make you look very smart if you can pick the winner way ahead of the World Series. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today. My bookie will match your deposit 100%. You put in $50, they'll match it. $50 plus... They'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter the promo code HOOPBALL when signing up. That is the promo code HOOPBALL when signing up. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. Now, the final thing that stood out to me for the Los Angeles Clippers today in their win against 
The Portland Trailblazers with no Kawhi Leonard, no Pat Beverly, no Montrez Harrell. With the game tomorrow against the Brooklyn Nets, we talked about the defense in the first half. We talked about how they stepped it up in the second half. Talked about the guys that stood up for sure. But one thing that stood up, stood out was the one guy who didn't get on the floor. We had a lot of talk about Joe Kim Noah as Zoo was slow to get his footing underneath him. And Montrez Harrell obviously out of the bubble. So we were curious about how many minutes Joe Kim Noah might play. He looked very good early on. His passing was excellent in those early scrimmage games. And then we've gotten to the games that matter, and Noah's minutes have really gone and nosedived. Playing against the Lakers, he played 10 minutes. Six against New Orleans, zero in the following game against Phoenix, one against Dallas, and did not play tonight, or rather this morning, against Portland. So, perhaps Joe Kim Noah will not be playing as big of a role as we expected. But does it mean because he's not on the floor that he is not an important part of the Los Angeles Clippers? He is a guy that is mentoring Zoo. He's helping those bigs in Jamichael Green and Patrick Patterson. He is a vet. And he has been there in the playoffs with the Chicago Bulls and knows what it takes to win. So his ability to get this team's chemistry even better than it already is will be pivotal as we go through the playoffs. Now, tomorrow, the Clippers will take on the Brooklyn Nets. It'll be a 6 p.m. game. The Clippers will take on a team that has been depleted. I mean, they have really been depleted. I don't know how Sean Marks did it, where he was able to find enough players to really feel the team in this bubble, because this is a team in which the Nets, right now, by the way, are currently the number seven seed. Yes, you heard that correctly. They are one and a half up on Orlando. They are the seven seed, and looks like they're going to face Toronto in the first round. The Brooklyn Nets in the bubble so far. Against Washington, they won by eight. Against Milwaukee, they won by three. That was a game in which Milwaukee sat their starters in the majority of the ball game, but still, we saw the Clippers rest their starters and still win. So Milwaukee rests their starters and that still win. The Nets were pummeled by Boston by 34 points, and then they beat Sacramento by 13. So the Clippers will take on a team that normally you would not want to play. By the way, they also, the Nets, lost to Orlando by 10 on July 31st. So they are 3-2 and two in the bubble, which is very good for a team that doesn't have Kyrie Irving, does not have Kevin Durant, does not have Spencer Dinwiddie. It says a lot about what Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, Garrett Temple, Tyler Johnson, and company are giving to this team. It'll be interesting to see how the Clippers react in this game tomorrow because we have seen time and time again this season, the Clippers have stepped up against the really good teams and then they've taken a step down against the bad teams and making things more interesting than they need to be. We saw it happen against Phoenix, who, by the way, has been very good in the bubble. So perhaps Phoenix is not a good team to gauge, but we did see the Clippers play very well against New Orleans and dismantle them. So we'll see what Clippers team we get, to, we get tomorrow. That'll be the one thing I'll be keeping my eye on tomorrow is which team do we get tomorrow from the Clippers? The team that is out for blood and wants to win by 30 or the team that's going to allow Brooklyn to hang around? Should be interesting to see. A big thank you to listening to this podcast. This is the Hoopball Clippers podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Clips. At BD Marcus is my Twitter handle. Of course, 
If you can rate and review the podcast on iTunes, be greatly appreciated. Give us that five-star rating. Give us a nice review as well. If you don't like the podcast, please give us a good rating and a good review anyways. And also, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brandon Marcus. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. See if the Clippers can win again after coming up with a big upset against the Blazers 122 to 117. Until next time, go Clips! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.